It's time for another Pinball Profile. I'm your host, Jeff Teolis. You can find our group on Facebook. We're also on Twitter at Pinball Profile. Email us pinballprofile at gmail.com. Please subscribe on your favorite podcatcher and also follow us on Instagram at Pinball Profile. You know who else you should be following on all of those things? Fun with bonus. Stephen Bowden, our next guest, our special guest, a great friend, one of the greatest players in the world for several years. Stephen, thanks for joining us. Hello, hello, and thank you for uh, allowing me to be on your show once again, Jeff. It's great to be here on this uh, upcoming, very important couple of weeks for me and a few of my colleagues. Uh, yeah, it'll be good to talk to you about what's uh, coming up next. We will get deep into yeah. that a little bit later, I'm sure. <laughs> it's very, very exciting what's happening with Deep Root, and that's where you've been for the last uh, year and a half now. Actually, a little bit more than a year. Yep. Okay, a year. Wow. That's certainly a very, very important topic, which is going to be happening in Houston next weekend. But I just saw you at the Sanctum, and I know I'm paying for it this week. I never got my second win. I did the year ago, and I felt pretty good. The last six hours, I was just dragging. I know it was rough for you, too. It was certainly rough for me. There were a couple of rounds near the midway point of the tournament where I just laid two eggs in a row. And, uh, that once I, once I laid those two down, it was, I got a two round and a one round and the maximum points is nine. So getting a two out of nine <laughs> is terrible. And once that happened, I could not recover from that. Even though I tried my best, I was not consistent enough. I mean, you, you really you pretty much need some sevens and eights in a row in order to come back from that. And so I would get like a seven and then follow with a four or something. So, uh, you know, finish 23rd, which is, you know, not terrible, but not great. So this adds more points to the circuit total to set up for the final event of the year. Yeah, the Pro Circuit, the Stern Pro Circuit, is huge this year. A couple things happened since they announced the original uh, circuit event. A few of the circuit events uh, fell off, so we're not at a full 20. Uh, we're at 20 people versus 40, as opposed to years past. They've reduced that so that they could do a true ladder match. Now, the ladder match did exist, but it was only once you got to the 20. So they're skipping that first kind of round robin, if you will, uh, groups of four, 10 groups of four, which is a good thing, too, because it really punished some of the top players, and you are a perfect example of this. You were the number one seed last year, and what benefit did you get of being the number one seed? Nothing. Well, I got nothing, but it's also because I played poorly. So that's also part of it. And yes, I got the number one seed, but I, then I flew out there, and but that's where the dice start getting rolled, and I did not play well on those two rounds. I, I got by, I was, I was thinking maybe if I can get by the first round, but no, I, that didn't happen. And so I did not keep my seed. And so since I squandered that, I wanted to do my best to do whatever I could to get the number one seed again this year. And it's going to be close. It is going to come down to the final weekend where there are two Stern Pro Circuit events on the same weekend. Right. So what well, you got OBX and, and, and you have Free Play Florida. So that's, that's basically the first round of the playoffs, really. This is the opening, this is the opening bids where everybody's going to get their, their seed. So they'll be able to see how much money they earned for their seed. And then, I mean, if they lose out on the first game because it's cutthroats, ladder match. So that means if you're last place, you're out, right? Last place means you're fired, right? So yeah. get out. So when you look at where you are, like if I can get the number one seed, then that means I'm guaranteed fourth. So whatever that fourth place is is what I'm looking at as far as, okay, what this is what my rebate would be for spending all this money and time and dedication and, and just traveling all around the circuit and trying to get as many points as possible. So 
we'll see if, if I can get the number one seed, you know, retain it, keep it wherever I'm standing. Or But, you know, everybody's going to be there because this is kind of the opening round. Everybody's going to be in Florida, as far as I know, and then everybody else is going to be at OBX. That's just the way it works out. It's a perfect, the perfect weekend for competitive pinball, really, where everybody's everybody who's everybody is going to be there. Yeah, Florida, I heard. I know I'll be there, but uh, when we're talking about great players, I think Raymond is going to be there. Escher and Adam are going to be there. I believe Carl and Jim from California. It's going to be heavyweights for sure. So it's almost like you say a playoff round, really, before the the circuit begins next year. But still, you're in good shape. And now with that true ladder match and the recently uh, $10,000 donation from Stern to go into this, uh, the prize pool just got so much sweeter for those 20 players. Yeah, I definitely, of course, appreciate that as someone who is near the top, just <laughs> seeing the prize pool uh, increase. So uh, that increases my, my chances of uh, recovering some of my, not investment, but expenses for uh, doing some of these events. So uh, definitely glad I, I tried to do my best to get the number one seat. So the, the, you're talking about $5,000 and a game. That's about 10000 bucks. yeah. Yeah, if you win. that's a $10,000 win. That's And second place is 2000 that's a huge gap. That's that's an eight thousand dollar match. That, I mean, that's that's a that's an eight because that's a it's a one on one. So that's an eight thousand dollar game. You have to do a side deal. You got to split that somehow. I mean, you know, I mean, you got to think real hard about it. I mean, yeah, uh, six and four is still even two thousand dollars split. Who knows? I mean, I don't know what the tax implications are in the states for something like prize money. Isn't it anything over six hundred dollars? Yeah, I think it's anything over six hundred. So that might just prevent the split right then, right? Because if you're talking about a ten thousand dollar hit, right? You're sure you want it, but then you owe probably like three or four grand off of it. I don't know how it works, but it might not work out anyway. So just the fact that there are implications like that just would might prevent people just splitting it all. Just you know what? Just do it straight up. All right, we'll see what happens. So they're giving away a new inbox Stern. They're giving one away at Indisc at the Open coming up. They did one at the Stern Pro Circuit. They did Heads Up. I mean, it's been nice to see these games being given away. It's it's incredible. We've seen the prize pool certainly increase. So as much as I hate to admit it, uh, congratulations, Josh Sharp, on uh, I, sincerely, though, really increasing <laughs> the prize pool. As much as I hate to admit he's done something well, he's done something well. This is uh, growing pinball in the right direction. So Kudos to you, Josh. There, I said it. Yeah, Josh. Yeah, good job, Josh. You know, yeah, yeah. He's, try- he's trying his best to increase the pool because, you know, like it or not, it's the numbers that attract the people. And, you know, people like the bigger numbers. You know, what did you win? Oh, I won a couple hundred bucks. No, what did you win? I won $10,000. Oh, okay. <laughs> right? So, I mean, it's, that's just the way the world works. People appreciate the bigger money amounts. That's just what happens. So it brings the attention. We were talking about new inbox pinball machines. Not too many people in the world can say they've won one or several. I know Raymond's won a few. You've won one. And in fact, it's still in the box. For those that don't know, you have a Game of Thrones premium, I believe. Yeah, that's correct. My Game of Thrones premium that I won at twenty at 2015 Chicago Expo is still in the box. Uh, I was just thinking about opening it up finally once I moved down to San Antonio for my new job, but... I mean, it got to a point where I was arranging the games to put in the space and I couldn't really fit it. And so since it was still in the box, I just left it in there. So as long as there's a Game of Thrones reasonably close to me, I'll go to the route and support the route and play it there. So, uh, yep, for right now, it still remains sealed like, you know, a secret buried treasure or something (laughs) waiting to be opened. 
it's kind of like that box you see hidden away in the warehouse, Raiders of the Lost Ark. So, I mean, who knows where that thing is now, but I, mean, I guess you do. But it's going to be a nice surprise when somebody, well, hopefully you, opens it one day. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll end up opening it one day. And, and hopefully it won't be like Indiana Jones when I open it and like the Ark melts the guy's face <laughs> away or whatever it was. Something happened where somebody's face melted <laughs> in, those, in those movies. But yeah, that will be a day when I uh, when, when I finally decide to open it and play that old code before I upgraded to the new code. but <laughs> I don't even remember the old code. Do you remember the first code? No I, no, no way. I think the first code was still Greyjoy heavy and then you'd play, you could still do Martell. I don't even remember it at all. There were, there were some glitches in it with the bonus and yeah, I remember that. <laughs> so that would be very, very interesting to go back in time to play that and uh, see what I could put together before, okay, just let's get it to the new code where, you know, where, where the, the code works and it's great. Imagine if you brought that out to a tournament and no one knew what the code was, and all of a sudden you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Yeah. <laughs> and just put it out there and just put a sign up that says old code. No, no, who knows? <laughs> right. you know, see, there you go. That Kaylee would do that. Kaylee yeah. would surprise people. Let's be honest. He, that's, that's something up his sleeve. <laughs> so you've won a new unbox game. That's a pretty good prize. Raymond Davidson's won a few. But, you know, when you think about competitive pinball, and you've won more than most people, You've probably spent more than you've won. Is that a fair statement to say when you include hotels and flights and cars and? Yeah, that, that's fair to say. I mean, I'm I uh, try my best to break even, but I know that just doesn't work out that way. I mean, because I don't have like a big win like a Pinberg or anything. I would definitely wager that I've spent more than I've that yes, I've spent more money than I've earned. And you've probably won more than I bet you're in the top twenty all time for winnings. You have to be. I would hope so. But yeah, again, that's just all about at least breaking even for me. I mean, just do your best to get reimbursed so you can survive to the next one. And then do your best there to survive to the next one. (laughs) So people listening right now that have never been in competition certainly can understand the enjoyment of competing and that kind of fun that you do, whether it's with your friends in your house or at an arcade. This is a bigger scale. It's a competition. People come from all over the country or in some cases from all over the world. We enjoy it. It's certainly very rewarding, satisfying internally when you win something like this, maybe not monetarily, but what is it that you can explain? Because I have trouble explaining this to people that don't plan competitions. Why I travel so much, why I go on these competitions, why I enjoy competitive pinball. So I have trouble explaining it. Maybe you can explain it better. Well, I can Well, I can just give a quick example of what we just went through with the Sanctum, right? The Sanctum... That's insane. The Sanctum is insane. It, it is. I mean, we have who knows how many people trying to F5 refresh to be the 100 lucky, question mark, people who register for this event in four milliseconds, right? Then those 100 people then pay for the privilege of the torture of playing 24 hours of competitive pinball in a row with no sleep or whatever whatever nods you can get or quick naps through it. And then at the end, you get the only participation trophy I care about, that medal, I mean, I've got mine right here beside the microphone. Right. I mean, it's it's really the only participation award I care about is that. And at the end of the uh, at the event, everybody who's basically you know still awake and trying to readjust their clocks to the new schedule they put their bodies on, they want that medal. Give me that medal. Come on, I earned it. Give it. <laughs> I don't care where I finished. <laughs> I made it. And so, and it's it's that's part of it. I mean, the, part of the the, the camaraderie of having all those people just go through this thing 
I mean, I imagine, you know, people who are way more athletic who go through marathons, they experience sort of like that. But this is just a pinball version. And just, this is a pinball marathon. You're right. That's what it is. And so you're, you're sort of going through that. And at the end, you you go into the crucible and then you come out the <laughs> other side and, you know, you give out the money, you give out the prizes and everybody shakes hands. And then we all leave and, and think about what we just done to ourselves. And so I know like for the Sanctum, basically Monday is halfway forfeit. <laughs> I mean, oh, so, boy. So Monday. How about Tuesday? I'm still Tuesday, feeling Tuesday, your life may be begin again on tuesday <laughs> so right but yeah that is that is just part of uh what happens to competition everybody's just you're fighting to be the best there and then when it's over the pressure lifts you decompress and then you know everybody is shakes hands and we go back home i made a crucial mistake and i can't believe i did it because i've been in i think four or five pinbergs now and the one thing i tell everybody when they go to pinberg is make sure you wear Comfortable shoes. Comfortable shoes. Even more than one pair of shoes. I mean, you might need that too. I went for fashion. I wanted to look good, not feel good. What an idiot. No, no, no. They're, they're, I'll tell you, they're, they're, you're there and there are 99 other people who don't even care if you're wearing shoes as long as they smell good. Never mind what your feet look like. <laughs> I tell you, if I do it next year, Croc City, baby. There you go. Right. Get that oxygen through that. Right. Whatever you could do that. To help stay on your feet just a little while longer because it can make the difference between a made shot and a missed shot. Let me tell you, I, that sure did for me. I was in pain the last six hours. I've already got a dud knee and then my legs were just killing and it all stemmed from my feet and these uncomfortable shoes I was wearing. It was so stupid. But the other thing I learned too, and I didn't think about this. It's not something you do at Pinburg, but I saw a lot of people do this and you mentioned it change their clothes, change into something comfortable. People were wearing pajamas to kind of go through their normal routine. That's a good idea. That's a great idea. I mean, it it, it, it helps your body act like you're going through a normal day, which is good. Of course, like some of the outfits were unconventional. Like I believe a unicorn was there or was I hallucinating that? That was Deborah Tallman. I have a picture. I might post it. Okay. So that did happen. So I was not delirious. Okay. So do whatever you have to do to keep yourself and your body as, as comfortable as possible. Conserve energy, do whatever you can because you want to be able to last that 24 hours. Even if you don't do well, you want to be able to say that you did it. Well, luckily, our next competition that we go to isn't going to be as grueling. It's certainly going to be tough and competitive as the Sanctum is, but you know the hours aren't as painful. And that will be coming up next weekend in Houston, which is an easy jaunt for you. A little bit of a flight for me, but something I'm looking forward to. I have not been to the show before. Have you? No, this is my first time at the show. And it'll be nice to just have a nice, clean three and a half hour drive, I believe, to there. That's nothing for me. I'm used to driving from New Jersey to Canada. So so, yeah. done that. so that, that's fine. That'll be good to, to not take a flight and use my own car and all that stuff. So yes, this, yes, this is, uh, I guess, and, and the format has also changed for this year too, from what I remember from last year, but I, I didn't go to last year's event, but now there's d- multiple sessions. So you have two chances to qualify. If you make the top six, you're in. And so yes, uh, it's sold out. So I don't know how many competitors are registered, but it says there's 52 max people per session. 204 then, yeah. Right. So it's 204, but then there would be some duplicates because you can pay up to two sessions. At a time. So it wouldn't be the entire 204. So there's at least maybe 104 people, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, oh, I'm in twice. Right? 
I'm not going one and done. I'm gonna. Yeah, I can go down twice and, and lose both times. Right. But. So yeah, I did two sessions as well because why not? So and boy, the competition in Texas with yourself, with Colin McAlpine, with Robert Byers. There's so many people I don't even know that are just Phil Grimaldi. Yep. I and mean, there's just so many good players in Texas. I'm going to be seeing a bunch of them. In fact, next week at uh, Katy, Texas, at Einstein's Pub for the Pinball Profile World Tour, which you've been a part of. It's uh, going to be a lot of fun to do a flip frenzy there. So getting a lot of pinball in in Houston. And I'm wondering for you, is the competition first and foremost on your mind or is it maybe something else? Yeah, not this time. (laughs) I mean, it'll be there. I mean, I'm going to have the competition. I'm going to have the seminar also at Houston Arcade Expo about competitive pinball, which I'm not sure what I'm going to be doing there, but I'll come up with something. I'll get a chance to put on my teacher shoes again for an hour. And uh, so that'll be interesting. I got got one of the seminars. I think it's 11 a.m. on Saturday, so that'll be good. But even that won't be the thing that I'm mainly paying attention to. (laughs) Before we get to that, Let's just talk about something completely off topic. All right. This has nothing to do with anything. It's just, it's a terrible segue into something absolutely different. So, hey, Stephen, um, when you go to a show and you see a brand new game that's being unboxed, what are the things you're looking for? Is it the play field? Is it the code? Is it the artwork? Is it, do you want it to be complete? Are you okay if it's not complete? What are the things you look for when, boom, you see a brand new game. Well, when I first see a brand new game, the the I'm basically looking at the shots. I don't even see the art. And when I say I don't see the art, I mean I don't see it. It's not there. I'm looking at the shots. Even sometimes the lights I'll miss. I'm just looking at how the shots look before I even flip it. And then as the game comes on and I start playing it, I pay more attention to the music and sound than even the art. <laughs> you know, okay. there are some things that I have not seen on art for years, and I've played the game just because I haven't been able to look at it. Like I didn't know this is just an example coming to my mind right now. Stern's The Simpsons, right? I had no idea how to light the mystery on it in the garage until I went and actually looked up and it says in real small text, light mystery. And I didn't know that for years because I just didn't notice. I just happened to notice that the sound I heard when I went in and hit a target opened up the garage. So, you know, I pay more attention to the music than the art. So Isn't that something? Yeah, that's just how. So that in combination with the play field geometry is what I'm looking at. Steve, you and I are exact same because I'll give an example, different example of a different game. When Guardians of the Galaxy first came out and I looked at it and I went, I like all those shots and I actually got to flip it. And people were like, oh, but the code is terrible, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, hey, man, every one of these shots is pretty fun. I'm pretty sure the code will get there. And it has. That's the main point. If you have good shots, code can use the shots. That's right. <laughs> right? That's that's what that's just what, what will happen. The, the shots give you flexibility and you can have code do certain things that, to use those shots in a great way and maybe have multiple versions of codes that does the same thing, have multiple updates, do different things with it. So that as long as the play field is good and it's, and it's fun, if it's fun to flip without anything, then it'll be fun to flip with code on it. It's just a matter of how good the code is. But if you have a good play field to work with yeah you can do some great things with it and the game will come into its own like guardians has like walking dead did yeah like, that was like that yeah it's funny because when we played elvira at expo i think by the second game i was like okay i can make every one of these shots and quite a bit like i'm not a great player sometimes i'm good but on that i was like i'll never miss that left ramp right oh yeah that left- I'm yeah. hitting the house yeah. 
every single time, both flippers. Yep. I'm not cradling up. I'm on the fly hitting that tomb thing on the right. Right. And I've found all the shots quickly. So is it an easy game? Sure. Yeah. But again, Lyman, we know the code's going to get there and that game's going to change completely. So first glance, I was like, oh, this is nothing. But you know it'll get there. So. Yeah, it's, it'll get there. I mean, as we're, as we were playing it, you could see where things will go. Like a, oh, cer- yeah. like a certain shot wouldn't do anything, but it's like, yeah, you know what's going to happen here. That'll be that'll be filled in, and you know, just hitting the hitting the the lock shot on the left side of the house, like in the medieval madness position, hitting that shot was actually easier than on both flippers. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, so that game's really going to come into its own. So you know, I can't wait to see how that gets fleshed out, and that'll be good. That'll be fine too. You and I both agree when a new game comes out, you look at the shots. Are the shots fun? Okay, so that's what we're going to be looking at. If if a, a new game should happen to pop up in the next uh, month, year, right, week from now. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, let's get to why I'm going to the Houston show and you're going to be there and doing a seminar and watching something else is because we are going to see, and let's make this clear, the prototypes of Retro Atomic Zombie Adventureland. Right. I hope I said that right. I better know how to say the thing right. Yeah, but. you better know how to say it right. <laughs> Raza. Yeah, yeah, you have practice on it. Yes, it is the prototype. That's probably going to be the three most popular words I say during that weekend. It's the prototype. It's the prototype. You know what I'm worried about, Steve? And people, it doesn't matter, by the way, any game, any game, any company, the critics are going to be out picking apart every single thing. And just like I described with Elvira, you know, the wait for the code. It's going to be great. Guardians, the shots are good. Don't worry about it. It'll be good. Any kind of game, you got to wait for the code to be there. You got to wait for full animations, everything, the whole package to be there. So what is the reasoning I'm asking, and I don't know the answer, for this to come out this week in Houston? Uh, why not? <laughs> Let's show it. Let's show something. And so at least when we get criticized, we're criticized no longer in theory. It's now reality. So that's better. <laughs> you know, I like, I like, I like to get criticism as a real company as opposed to theoretically we have a game. No, this is real. So now you can talk all the crap about us all you want. I'll continue not to care, but. <laughs> if, it, if it's not constructive, I'll continue not to care, but at least now it will be a real thing as opposed to, yeah, it's happening. We said it's happening and now it is happening. And so stay tuned. So, but one thing about that is that once, once something is shown, then the real clock starts because the, the clock okay. becomes, okay, give it to me. When can I buy it? Give it, give me. Can I have it now? Uh, when? So that's when the real clock starts. <laughs> but Stephen, you and I, Definitely know this is a real company. I mean, you have been there for over a year. We know how much hard work's gone into this from all the designers, the artists, the coders, the sound, every aspect. I mean, there is a lot of work that's been put into this already. You know it's real. Steven, you know I'm not going to ask you anything that if you can't answer, don't answer, but I'll ask the questions anyway. Mm-hmm. By showing it, does that mean we're close? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's it, a confident it, yes. Yeah. It's going to be, fli- it's going to be flippable. You're going to play modes and you're going to get a multi ball and, you know, we're going to be looking at it and I'm going to be looking at it as far as seeing what people go for and see what I need to adjust as far as roles. And, and I'm going to be looking at certain lights and do people understand what those lights mean? And, you know, while also not saying anything because I don't want to taint, like when you have new people playing it, you can't. That replicate that first play so i want to look at the person and see what they're going for and see okay what's not 
good enough? What's not being what's not being portrayed here for the player that they're not seeing? Is there anything I can improve? And then once that's done, then we can look at score balancing and all that other other stuff, you know, making sure that's done. But yeah, that's that's certainly easily fixable yeah, for sure. That's that's like home stretch stuff. But I mean, I'm, I'm interested to see. Okay, what people look at? Okay, oh look at the game. Okay, now what are you going for? Okay, is it fun? Is it? Are you having fun with the shots? Do you like what this shot does? Do you like how this light looks? Do you? And, and uh, you know, what do you think about it? And if they ask me how to play, I will not answer. Because that's part of the point. <laughs> I want to see how you play and what you react to stuff. We're going to see this prototype game. I guess there are two games going to be there, correct? Right. There's going to be two games there. Are they the exact same game? Is one further advanced than the other? I would believe they're going to be the exact same. Um, I don't think they're going to be any different from each other. They're both going to be Roses, so... Well, I didn't know if one was like a, here's a white wood or something oh, like no. that. You can, no, no, there's, there's art on it and you're going to flip it and you're going to start. Yeah, it's, it's enough for where I'm going to be able to look at you play and I'm going to be interested in how you play for my own knowledge, you know, because you know, I'm also learning as well because I'm learning, you know, what doesn't, doesn't really matter what with me playing. I mean, I and with us playing, I need. I want to see how other people play of many different levels and what they do and what they like, what they don't like, what they enjoy, what they didn't, what feels good and what doesn't, what looks good and what doesn't, what attracts your eye, what didn't, what light did you miss? Can I help to make you not miss that light? And it's all these things that are important for that first play that I don't want to taint. It's like when I'm walking up to a new game and I don't look at the instruction card on purpose. You just want to flip. I just want to flip because I want to see if the game is going to help me play it without looking at the card. Then I'll look at the card later, but I don't want to taint that first game by looking at the card and getting any hints. I want to see what the game is going to tell me intuitively. And so that's what I want to see. I want to see if, I want to see if we did at least a half decent job of giving you an intuitive look at what the game is doing. Do you get kind of what we wanted to do at this point? Even though it's just the prototype. <laughs> We're going to hear that over and over again. It's just the prototype, but that is important to say. So I guess the one thing is you're talking about, you know, let's show it so that we can show everyone we're a real company, even though everyone knows you're a real company. The concern about you only get one first impression, does that matter? Does it not matter? In this case, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess it does matter, but I'm not sure. Like I said, I'm not a press secretary, so I don't know how to answer those questions. <laughs> My guess, and without you saying anything, is, yeah, you only get one first impression, but you're going to probably like it or else it wouldn't be released even in the prototype stage. Right. So like I said, it's not even close to it's being like, you can't say it's a release. It's the prototype, you know, but we're, we're getting there. I mean, you'll see how far we're, that we are to getting there and then we'll continue the journey and we'll, you'll see some things continue to happen even after Houston. But, uh, you know, as we continue on this journey to release Raza and then of course more games in the future, that's why I'm there. And so I'm just really interested to see. It's going to be fun. It's certainly going to be fun. It'll be interesting. And, you know, I look forward to the constructive criticism. And I stress constructive. Does the Deep Root staff consider this show in a way almost like a focus group? It's, um, yeah, I guess you can, you can say that. Um, I mean, as far as like not necessarily experimental, that's not the right word. Or is it more playtesting? Yeah, it's more like getting getting unbiased people on on it, right? 
Like, I mean, even you see the, the, the press release on the site talks about gathering real, real world data, right? And to monitor data and performance and all that, all those types of words. But yeah, that's kind of what it is. It's just to get unbiased people on the thing and just, Let's see. That's what I'm interested in. I'm interested, as far as my side, did I do a half decent job of helping you learn how to play the game without being, without you having to look at like, like a rule set or look at things? You know, is it as simple to learn as say an Indiana Jones from Williams or like, you know, Adam's family? You know, you don't need, you don't need a instruction card to play Adam's family. <laughs> you know, so did, did I do a decent job? As far as, you know, me personally with the rules to help you play and have fun. And that's really more important. And once the, once the shine goes off of the, you know, the fact that you have a, a game in front of you, have a new game, are you having fun shooting the game? Do you want to continue playing it? Really? That's it. That's been your focus since you got there is just to make sure the game is simple, but it's deep enough for the competitive players. Right. That's, and that's going to be part of it. Yeah. There are definitely going to be some things for the competitive players to figure out, including some purposeful kryptonite in the rules <laughs> where I'll be able to say, is that a glitch? Nope. Oh boy. Congrats. You did it. Do it again. Are you going to make Keith Johnson scratch his head? No, certainly not. <laughs> but it's going to be something that's going to be like, is that a mistake? Nope. You found it. I know I'm not going to fix it. Congrats. You did it. <laughs> you know? so, uh, oh, Steve. I know you're going to be there, Stephen. What about other Deep Root staff? Um, I will not be the only one there. There will be other staff. Uh, there will be other staff there. So uh, I guess you'll learn some of you'll you'll uh, learn some of their names as they're there and they're monitoring and and as I pop in and out with my activities, you know, between the tournament and the seminar and then the booth. So that'd be fun to see see some more of them there and uh, I guess check us out and see that yeah we're real people developing a game and. Enjoy the prototype. Enjoy the prototype. <laughs> I see other companies give kind of almost percentages of where the code is at. You know, when a, a Stern game, for example, comes out, it might be at 0.85 code. No, so I'm not we, doing that. There's none of that. I don't like those numbers either. I hope I hope we don't use them. I'm not saying we will or not, but I don't like those numbers. Version 0.85 and 0.86 and, you know, because then once you get the 1.0, does that mean finish? No. Nope, Batman just came out with 1.05 today. Right, so I, you know, I hope it's like version one, version two, version three, version twelve. You know, right? <laughs> you know, right? That way Keep it simple. Yeah, All that right. way there's no like pseudo version one that's like this is it. No, it's not. You want to improve it more, right? So, like, you know, that 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 might that's not going to be up to me anyway. But we'll we'll see. I, I can I'll always hope and suggest, but uh, we'll see. Steven, what is the storyline of Retro Atomic Zombie Adventureland? I have no idea, of course. I'm just curious what you could share. Um, only what's on the trailer, <laughs> which you know about, right? <laughs> I forget. It's so long ago. What happened? Well, something about aliens invaded the Earth with their Martian leader, Ned. And then it was in a graveyard, which happened to be in an amusement park. And there we go, <laughs> right? And then there's also a Martian princess. And then you're there and zombies. And there we go. It's terror and mayhem in retro atomic zombie adventureland. So, oh, yeah, that's fun. I like it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's that's the story that can be revealed thus far. There's more, but that's all that can be revealed. There is what was in the trailer. <laughs> what was the feedback you got on the trailer? I, I know what I got, but uh, what, what did 
you and the staff at Deep Root feel about what people said about the trailer? Well, I didn't really hear much pro or con with it. I mean, I didn't really pay attention to it. So, I mean, I'm sure people said stuff, but I just forgot what they said. I mean, it covered, uh, I guess, if people comment how it looked and how the, um, I guess, how the trailer looked as far as graphics. Nice graphics. Yeah. You know, whatever. But I don't know. I didn't really hear much. What'd you hear? All I heard was greatest voice ever. I don't know what that <laughs> yeah, means. Right. But yeah, right. Yeah. The voice was. No, no, no. You know what I heard? The voice was fantastic. Yeah. I heard it was fun, like just like it made you laugh watching it. And, you know, people obviously are excited and want to see more pinball to it. But if that's the graphics, whoa, this is going to be fun. What a great animation team you've got. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad people enjoyed the humor. And yeah, it looks great. I mean, I, you know, I like looking at it and you know, I'm testing the thing. So I, you know, I like, I like, I definitely like playing it. And, uh, you know, the voices are fun. And the animations, though, are just crazy how good it is it's like watching a movie yeah and i and i enjoy looking at it and you're gonna see more of them yeah <laughs> you're definitely gonna see more of them and uh, like i said the animations in there are again just the prototype so <laughs> wow wow <laughs> we'll see all right you've said too much steven i don't yeah. want to put your foot in your mouth before wow we're only six days away how cool is this i know right it's always less than, it's yes yeah, less than a week away wow really it's uh what day does it arrive friday yeah, it's Friday. Yeah, just Friday is the first day of the show. So, yeah. Now I get there Thursday night. Do you need help setting up? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> hey. <laughs> maybe you can roll in. Maybe 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 we might need some help setting it up just to uh just to get our space and get our bearings and, you know, say our prayers, eat our vitamins, take our vitamins and all that stuff and then, you know, we'll have some fun and see what everyone thinks about the prototype. Well, you know what? It's different than other games, too. Stern has done very, very well with releasing games, Jersey Jack and some of these other companies, Spooky and all these American Pinball and and everybody. We're used to seeing their launches and stuff. It's rare when you get to see a launch of a new game from a new company. The last time I kind of really remember that, wow, I mean, American did it with Houdini and, you know, our friends Haggis are doing it with Celts on a smaller scale and I remember when Waz first came out and it was like, wow, that is a game changer too with the, the screen and got a feeling Deep Root's going to put themselves in that kind of ballpark too. We shall see. I basically can't see anything more. It's, I, like I said, I've probably said too much already. <laughs> you know, I could yeah. say one of those statements that I guess people say that, oh, I'll, you know, they'll be upset with what I've said so far, yep. but you know, probably not. But Download this episode quick before it gets deleted. That's all I'm going right. to say. No, <laughs> <laughs> no nothing, was, nothing has been said that oh. really isn't known already. You really? Know, other than the, play it backwards, everyone. Yeah, You'll play it backwards. Every- Everything. Yeah, play, play it backwards. <laughs> the zombies no. from the Adventureland will tell you what's going on for real if you play it backwards. I'm looking forward to it, Stephen, and uh, boy, this is good. Will there be a meltdown episode between now and then or no? I don't, I don't know. Uh, I, you I never know. I, you never know. Like I said, you never know. There might be one at the event. Who knows? Uh, there might be one in Houston. So if you if uh, you think you might want to do a podcast, it might happen. <laughs> you know? Steven, I'll bring the fireball. Yes. <laughs> that just increased the possibilities of a meltdown episode <laughs> happening right there. <laughs> oh, this is going to be good. Looking forward to seeing you next week, buddy. All right. Thanks very much. Talk to you soon. Thank you very much, Jeff.
This has been your Pinball Profile. You can find our group on Facebook. We're also on Twitter at Pinball Profile. Email us pinballprofile at gmail.com. Please subscribe on your favorite podcatcher and also follow us on Instagram. Do the same for fun with bonus too. Thanks to our guest, Steve Bowden. I'm Jeff Teolis. It's terror and mayhem in Christmas. A topic. Zombie Adventureland.